0: One of the things that I do now that I didn't do when I first started is at the end of every quarter, I pause and I look back. How many people did I connect with? How many new clients did I sign? How many podcast episodes did I put out? How many speaking engagements did I have? How much revenue did I generate? And I look at all of those things as a way to reaffirm the foundational value in my business.
1: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau, the podcast for corporate refugees who want to do more of what they love and get paid what they're worth. I'm David Schreiner Kahn, your guide and community builder. Smashing the Plateau is more than just a podcast. We're a community of like minded consultants who are committed to supporting one another on our business journey. Before we start, I'd like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. Struggling with achieving your business goals and navigating through challenges can be overwhelming, but here's a solution. Visit smashingtheplateau.com goals to book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me. This one-on-one session offers a unique opportunity for you to gain clarity on your business aspirations, identify roadblocks hindering your progress, and outline practical steps toward achieving your goals. It's personalized, focused, and designed to equip you with the insights to drive your business forward. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. In today's episode, we're thrilled to welcome our guest, John Narrell. John is a certified professional coach known for his exceptional ability to help mid-career professionals who feel stuck, undervalued, and underutilized. His unique approach allows individuals to show up, find a job they love, or reignite their passion for the job they have. During our conversation, John shares an insightful story about one of his clients who had to make a hard decision about a job offer. He also shares his thoughts on the importance of knowing exactly what it is you want and not being willing to compromise on it. If you're considering the transition to self-employment, you'll find his tips invaluable. Additionally, John shares his own entrepreneurial journey from the early days with few clients to launching a digital course to reach a broader audience. As a community member and leader, John emphasizes the importance of networking and learning from others' experiences. Stay tuned for these insights and more in this information-packed episode with John. Now let's welcome John Narrell. John is a certified professional coach who helps mid career professionals who feel stuck, undervalued, and underutilized show up to find a job they love or love the job they have. John is the host of the Mid Career GPS podcast and the author of Show Up Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career, and Your Mid Career GPS Four Steps to Figuring Out What's Next. He lives outside of Washington, D.C. with his spouse and their rescue cat, Amy Farrah Meowler. John, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on again.
0: David, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you.
1: Ditto. So the last time you were on Smashing the Plateau, John, which was about two years ago, we discussed how to prepare, position, and promote your mid-career pivot. What's changed in the world of mid-career pivots? in the last two years?
0: The biggest thing, David, that has changed is really as a direct result of the pandemic. So we are seeing more and more mid-career professionals be more selective in terms of the work they want to do and how they want to do it, meaning they either want a position where they're 100% remote. Or they're looking for that hybrid position where they're in the office or at the work site part of the time, or they want to be solely back at the office 100% of the time. It's one of the things where we see mid-career professionals more and more either have very specific and crystal clear clarity about what they want, or the opposite is true where they're not really sure what it is that they want and they're trying to figure that out.
1: So let's break that down. So for those that are really clear on what they want, is it the location of work that is the primary change? For
0: a lot of my clients, that's what I'm seeing. So for example, if they have, I mean, look, we know in the pandemic, lives got turned upside down. They were juggling homeschooling kids and remote learning and all of those kind of things. And so what's happened a few years out since we last talked is that a lot of people have settled into that routine. They know what they like and they know what they don't. So if they're looking for that position where they want to be 100% remote, they are willing to stay longer in the job-seeking game in order to find that ideal position that's going to be the best fit for them and their families.
1: Do they want to stay longer in the job-seeking game, even if they're unemployed?
0: It's a great question. And one of the things that I know is that just like pre-pandemic, I truly believe that it is to your advantage to find a job when you already have one. It is far easier in that regard. So understandably, people may not want to stay in the job seeking game as long if they don't currently have employment.
1: Okay. And what are the biggest challenges to finding that ideal spot where you end up with the the working location and the working hours that are most suited to your lifestyle?
0: One of the things, David, I coach my clients on is I have them take a look at four Fs when they're looking for that new job. So the first is fit. So things like their kind of working arrangement, for example, is a definite part about fit. Also, in terms of the company, its mission, its value, its purpose, they need to make sure that the company fits for them just as much as the company is going to ensure they're the right employee and the right fit for them. So fits the first thing. The second is function. The actual job duties and responsibilities are going to perform. The third F is finance, how much they're going to get paid. And the fourth F is forward. So especially for mid-career professionals who are looking at that next job, not as the position that they're going to retire from, But really as strengthening that kind of legacy position or that legacy in terms of their career and the impact they get to make, they're looking at this next position as something that is truly going to move them forward and set them up for whatever position is going to be next.
1: Is there a particular order in which they need to look at fit, function, finance, and forward?
0: I particularly like that order we just described it because without knowing what the fit is, it makes the decision-making that much more difficult. When you're clear about the kind of fit that you want in the company, the fit then flows very nicely into the function. I had a feeling... Yeah. I like to think of fit as it kind of puts in... I'll throw in another F here. It puts in a lot of filters in terms of criteria that you can weed out certain things you don't want to look for in a a new position. Because we know whether you're networking or you're using job boards to find that next position, having a certain filter or criteria about what you're looking for makes your decisions easier about whether or not you're going to invest the time, effort and energy to apply for the job.
1: Okay, so now similarly for the person who doesn't know what they want in terms of the issues around flexibility or maybe other criteria that are important and I, and I guess I guess they they fall into the fit category. Right? If they don't know what are the biggest challenges for them?
0: The biggest challenge for them is that they will more than likely end up, quote-unquote, wasting a lot of time trying to find that ideal position for themselves. And they'll essentially kind of throw darts randomly in the air, hoping it lands on the bullseye. So one of the things to counter that is leverage your network. Schedule informational interviews with people who are either in a similar industry, or doing work that you aspire to do, and talk with them about how they knew that position was right for them. How did they define fit in their role? What were the things they were looking for when they were going on an interview? And use that as a way to start helping fine-tune or refine your fit that's going to be most important to you. Obviously, working with a coach can be another way to help people hone in on exactly what that fit looks like. But I will tell you, using informational interviews is one of the best things people can do at whatever stage they are in their career to really help them figure out what's going to be next.
1: You know, John, that makes a lot of sense because whatever challenges one is facing, somebody else has faced a similar challenge and you can use informational interviews to ask other people how they figured out their fit.
0: Without a doubt. And an informational interview really needs to be nothing more than 15 minutes, especially if you give the person you're speaking with the questions ahead of time, let them think about it so that they come to the call and they're able to give you their answers. The other reason why I love giving the questions ahead of time is that if for any reason, somebody doesn't want to meet with you over Zoom or phone or in person, they can always just email you their answers and you have that as a way to either help continue the conversation uh, moving and progressing or to be like, hey, thanks so much for the information. He gave me some things
1: to consider. Yeah, and then for people that are able to figure out the fit and they go through those four stages of fit, function, finance, and forward, what kinds of results do they end up with that they wouldn't have had if they hadn't used some kind of framework or structure to be able to guide them through the process?
0: The two biggest things, David, are time and clarity. When we are clear about our intentions and what we are looking for in terms of our next job, and especially the kind of work we specifically want to do, the clarity happens because we know what we're going to say yes to, and we absolutely know what we're going to turn down. That clarity is huge in this process. And so even if you're willing to take a little bit more time to find that ideal fit, you know what you're looking for. And then the time piece is, you know what your timeline's going to be. HubSpot recently put out uh, some survey results that said, specifically for mid-career professionals, right now at the end of 2023, the average time for them to find a new job is five months. That is from when they start either networking or applying for jobs on job boards until that offer letter is given and signed and you are moving into that role. Five months is a lot of time, but for mid-career professionals who are willing to stay in the game and find that ideal fit, it really isn't. When you think about what the transformation or the reward's gonna be on the other side for them to move into that job and start accelerating their career forward.
1: Yeah, I wondered if you might have an an anecdote or a story that you could share about somebody, because I also know that when somebody mid career is trying to find a new job, um, not only is it not quick, but something that a lot of people don't talk about is ageism in the workplace, right? Which makes it much harder to get. Asked to be part of an interview process. Or I remember there was one person I had on as a guest on my podcast, I'm going to say maybe three years ago or so, who had been in the banking industry for 30 years and was had a great track record, was very well qualified and was looking for a new job and ended up getting that first tier of interviews, but for most of them, wasn't getting called to that final interview with the decision maker. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't happening. And, and there was a case where he was walking into the, he finally got invited by one of them to go to the that final interview with the decision maker. He was literally on his way to the interview and got a call. Oh, we need to reschedule the interview. And guess what? It never got rescheduled. Mm. So I wondered if you could maybe share a story about somebody who is in that because we know this happens at mid career, in that place where it is harder to get a new job. Ageism is part of it, but they because they have been really clear on what they want and what their criteria were, they were able to not only get a new job, but get a new job that was a good fit and did it in a in a reasonable time frame.
0: The story I can share with you is a client I worked with last year who is a program manager. And the thing, and this is my own bias, right? But I've worked with a lot of project managers and program managers both throughout my career and as a coach. And what I have found, David, is that there's never a mediocre project or program manager. They're either phenomenal at what they do or they're awful, right? (laughs) And so so the client I'm working with is a rock star in their field, okay? We start working, we start going through the four Fs. And one of the things they were so dead set on was 100% remote. And in our coaching relationship, we got really clear about why that was so important. So in their situation, they lived in the suburb of a major city. They didn't want to have to deal with commute. There were some personal things and some work life balance issues where being 100% remote was paramount. And so they were applying for jobs on job boards. They were networking and they were getting interviews from both paths. So, ideal situation. They're going for interviews. They're going first round, second round. And now the job offers start coming in and they get a job offer the salary they wanted so salary box checked the biggest thing and the biggest hurdle that they were dealing with was one day a week they needed to be in the office and so the client comes to the session and they share with me that they're going to turn down the job offer now as their coach it doesn't matter what i think about their decision Because it is my job to ask them all the questions, make sure they explore all the parameters and trust and know they are going to make the best decision for them. So I'm withholding all the judgment here because I'm thinking, gosh, everything we talked about, it checks the boxes, except this one thing. And they were so clear about why going into the office that one day was something they were going to resent. That's a powerful word. When we resent something, we definitely don't want to be doing it. So, Okay, if you decide to turn the job down, what are you going to do? And their answer to me was, I am going to continue to follow this process because that ideal fit is out there. Two months later, they landed a program manager job with a better title. 100% 100% remote and 15% more salary than what they were offered in the other job. But that client couldn't have gotten those results or made that decision had they not been crystal clear about what it was they wanted and what they were not willing to give up. So they they were willing to ride it out And the good thing was because they were getting great results based on their networking and their application process, they felt very comfortable that that better fit was going to come along. And we saw it in
1: less than two months. That's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for letting me share. So now I actually want to ask you a slightly different question about these pivots, which is for mid-career professionals that know that they don't want another job. Their fit is to be self-employed. What do they need to do differently, if anything, in that process? Oh, you just took me back seven years. Gosh, there
0: are so many things to consider, David. It's, It's one of the things I appreciate about everything you do and what you put out there, because you really do systematically walk people through all those steps. But the first thing I would offer is that be really clear about what that entrepreneurial venture looks like. Know who your target audience is. Know who you're going to help. Be clear about what you're going to help them do. And start building a plan and a strategy to implement how you're going to find those clients and use that to build your runway. So how quickly do you need to either replace the revenue from your nine-to-five job? What money are you willing to invest in yourself and the business to build that runway in case you don't get results as quickly as you had hoped or desired? Without question, get somebody in your corner. Pay somebody, be it a coach, consultant, whomever that is, that can guide you on that entrepreneurial journey, who has a proven track record of doing this, that again, you feel like you can fit with them and they're gonna be able to help you because the function of their program is going to help move you forward. Those same four Fs apply in this kind of situation as well. But the other thing I would offer, David, is build your personal board of directors. Who are the people in your network And this needs to include your spouse, if you have one, your partner, whomever is going to be directly impacted by this business decision of you going out on your own. How on board are they? Do you know they've got your back? Are they going to be there for not just five months, but for five years if that's the runway you're trying to build? Your personal board of directors needs to include your coach or your business consultant, whomever you're pulling in on this as well. And then also your colleagues, who are people in that space that are doing similar work that, yeah, they're gonna be there to boost you up when you need it, when you have a bad day, because gosh knows we all have those every now and then, but they're also gonna be that critical and trusted friend to give you guidance and advice and support when you need it. There is such power in building a network in, in going on this entrepreneurial route.
1: Yeah. Well said. So John, you alluded to the fact that you've been at this now for seven years since your transition out of corporate. Can you talk a little bit about a seven years out kind of where you are?
0: Oh yes. And David, the hardest thing I am finding is I get myself on that hamster wheel and I'm going and going and going. And I, to take a step back and look and go, look at all the stuff I've done. So one of the things that I do now that I didn't do when I first started is at the end of every quarter, I pause and I look back. How many people did I connect with? How many new clients did I sign? How many podcast episodes did I put out? How many speaking engagements did I have? How much revenue did I generate? And I look at all of those things as a way to reaffirm the foundational value in my business. Is that when I left my corporate job, and I remember talking to my vice president, and I said, I am leaving this position with a lot of gratitude because I get to go help more people outside of this organization than I can inside of it. And so every single quarter, when I go back and I look at my metrics and I look at the data, It not only helps me celebrate what I've done, but it it also informs decisions for what's coming up next. And when I was first starting out, I didn't have a lot of clients. I didn't have a podcast, right? So you send out the weekly email and you'd have some conversations. The results are exponentially different, but that's because of staying consistent in this work and being fully committed to doing the work I get to do each
1: and every day. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because one of the things I think that's really important for listeners of shows like mine and yours is for people to realize that they're not alone. There are others that are going through this, have gone through it, will go through it, and here are the experiences that they've had. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. John, what do you think it's most important for you to achieve going forward so that you can do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth.
0: Well, David, the biggest thing for me and you and I had a conversation off mic about this about a month or so ago is that I'm starting to pull in digital products into my business So I'm going to be launching a digital course around career clarity to help people. And that's because my business is in a place right now where I am very, very thankful and grateful for my one-on-one clients, but I only have capacity for so many one-on-one clients. So while there's still room, there's not an infinite amount of room. And so having things like the podcast to reach more people and having some revenue streams such as a digital course that can provide passive income continually coming into the business are ways for me to expand my reach that now going into year seven is absolutely something I'm super excited about.
1: And I'm excited to hear how that starts to to unfold as you, as you release things. Yeah. So speaking of, um, of reach and connection... Could you share a little bit about your experience as a community member and or a leader?
0: One of the biggest things for me as a community member are the people whom I've been able to meet. One of the things that I have have learned early on is that you never know somebody's story, that somebody's got some wisdom or information or a shared experience or something completely different that I get to learn from and and being open and welcoming new opportunities to meet with people is an absolutely incredible opportunity to take something away and learn. It's, It's one of the things I love about being a community member is that there is always so much to gain. I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything, but if I stay in my little bubble and I never get out of it, I never grow. So find people who are are doing things. And I was talking about this similarly with my coach. And one of the things he shared with me was that especially in this entrepreneurial route and and being in business for yourself, there's always somebody that's going to get results quicker. There's always going to be somebody who's not going to get results as quickly as you did. We always kind of hang out in the middle somewhere but to find ways to celebrate their timeline, that they figured it out. They figured it out for themselves at this moment that this is what works for them and this is what gets them results. And that my job as a business owner is to figure out what my timeline is so I meet my goals and I get my results and I help the people I want to because that's what my business does. And my business is not your business and therefore A doesn't equal B. I
1: love that. So on that note, John, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any of your resources, including your books and soon to come digital products, where's the best place to go or or get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, David, thanks so much. So the best place for people to find me is on my website at com. J-O-H-N-N-E-R-A-L. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the social media channel of choice where I tend to hang out the most. And certainly would welcome people to come on over and take a listen to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast, which you can find wherever you listen to David's podcast.
1: John, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and give us an update and share your insights. My guest has been John Narrell, certified professional coach who helps mid-career professionals who feel stuck, undervalued, and underutilized show up to find a job they love or love the job they have. Thank you again, John, for joining us.
0: Thank you so much, David.
1: Remember, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean going it alone. Our community is here to support you, inspire you, and walk with you on your journey. Don't forget to visit smashingtheplateau.com goals and book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me, David Schreiner Khan. It's an opportunity to gain clarity, identify obstacles, and create a solid action plan toward achieving your business aspirations. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. Join us next time for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.